0: Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest presents part three of the series, Tools of Prayer for America. Say it with me. We're a church growing and thriving, overflowing with love, strengthening the family, transforming the community, impacting the world where every member is a minister and a church alive is worth the drive. Woohoo! Let me hear (laughs) you. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, today, we're going to talk about Tools of Prayer for America, Part 3. This is a series we started three weeks ago. And last week, we wrapped up our look at the prayer of binding and loosen, and we started looking at the tools of prayer that the Lord asked me to issue in a dream that I had on January 6th in New Orleans while Trish and I were visiting our middle daughter. I had a dream in which the Lord gave me a mandate to issue a call to pray for America to our Christians and also to issue tools from a toolbox that he gave me tools that can be used to pray for America more powerfully and more effectively. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So if you missed it and you want to hear the whole dream and you want to hear the reason why we started this series, you can go to our podcast. And listen to that first episode. It's a really cool episode because I share the dream. And in that dream, the Lord uh, told me to seek out the prayers of Lincoln. And what I think he meant for me to do was find the proclamation that Lincoln issued in 1863 for national prayer for America. So if you want to hear his proclamation, also encourage you to go back to that podcast and listen, because if you read that proclamation, and you apply it to the America of 2018, it is amazing how relevant that prayer is, although it is 155 years old. You know, it was written in the midst of the Civil War. The land was ravaged by strife and division and outright war. And there are many people who say, today's America is as divided as it's ever been. And a lot of people say, you hear it on the media all the time, we're in the midst of another civil war. So if you want to hear that proclamation and hear about that dream in detail, I encourage you to go back to that first podcast. Amen. Hallelujah. But here's the essence of the dream. The Christians of America need to set aside their differences and answer the call to pray for America. Amen. And we need to use every tool available to us, which the Lord has given to us to pray more powerfully and more effectively for America. In order to push back the darkness that threatens to overtake America, we need to pray that righteousness, truth, and justice will prevail in our great nation. Isn't that right? This is especially true of the upcoming midterm elections in November. I'm just going to get on my soapbox for just a minute. If you're a Christian, if you're really born again, If the spirit of God lives on the inside of you, your first obligation is to vote for righteousness, to vote the Bible. Amen. It's not about Republican or Democrat. It's not about liberal or conservative. It's about righteousness in this nation. Amen. If you vote for righteousness, if you search your heart and examine the candidates that are running for office this November and you find the ones that stand for righteousness, justice, and truth in America, those are the candidates you should vote for. Amen? And if you vote for righteousness, truth, and justice, you simply cannot go wrong. Amen? So you won't hear Brother Scott taking sides. I've got my politics. You may have yours. But you won't hear it preached from up here. The only thing you'll hear from me is pray for And vote for righteousness in America. Amen. If you follow that guide, it's pretty easy to figure out who you need to vote for. Amen. So here's what the Bible says that the people of God ought to do to help turn the heart of a nation back towards God. Second Chronicles 714, very familiar passage of scripture. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So, as I said, the Lord issued a mandate for me to call America to prayer. Now, listen, I'm not a nationally known pastor or leader, but the Lord gave me that mandate nevertheless. And I know I'm not the only one in America calling for Christians to pray for America, but I'm going to issue the call the way the Lord gave it to me. And one of the things that the Lord said to me is America needs to pray and they need to use every tool available in their toolbox to do so. Amen. Hallelujah. When I woke up from that dream it was very powerful, very short, but very powerful dream. I was taking a nap on a couch in my daughter's house in New Orleans when everybody was shopping. Brother Scott was napping. Amen. And I had this powerful dream. And when I woke from the dream, I sort of in my spirit, I said, Lord, Why the urgency to pray for America? And this is what he said to me. He said, Jesus is the light of the world, but America is the conveyor of that light to the nations. As America goes, so goes the world. Therefore, pray for America. Amen. It's not a lightweight thing. We need to pray for America. There's some things facing this nation. If we don't pray, we're not going to make it. We're not going to have victory. We're not going to overcome as a nation. Okay, so we got to pray. Amen. We got to pray so that God can implement his agenda in America. Amen. Hallelujah. And that includes revival. By the way, I was thinking about that the other day when I was meditating on this message. A couple of years ago, I was laying on the bed in the house just about dawn. This is when all of these kind of things happen to me. And I had a vision. And in the vision, I was standing on the coast of North Carolina, I believe it was Wilmington, and I looked out over the ocean and I saw that the waters were receding. And I knew what that meant because that's what happens just before a tsunami forms. And then all of a sudden out in the ocean I saw a giant wave rising and rising and rising and it rose to about 100 feet high and it was coming right for me. And I knew in my spirit that I should have been afraid, but I wasn't afraid because I knew this was something spiritual. And so I put up my hands to worship the Lord, and I was going to let that wave crash over the top of me. The next moment after that, I was transported from the beach back to my house, looking out my back window. The door was open. The screen door was there, and the cat was looking out the screen door just about the time the spray of that wave hit our house. I mean, I shot up from that vision. It was so startling. I said, what, what is that, Lord? He said, there's a wave coming and you're going to be part of it and you need to be ready for it. And I said, yes, Lord, whatever you're doing in America, I want to be in the thick of it. I want to be in the midst of it. I'm not going to be left out. This next great wave of revival, I'm going to be in the middle of it. How many out there would say, amen, I'm going to be in the middle of that? Amen. I don't want to miss out on that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So that's why we need to pray for America. So that wave will hit and transform our nation from coast to coast. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe a wave of revival is coming. I'm sorry, but this is a Holy Ghost rabbit trail. You know, not all rabbit trails are of your own making, you know. This one's a Holy Ghost rabbit trail. I believe there's another wave of revival coming. Listen, everybody's looking for the signs of the end times. Now, this is Brother Scott. What do you think my number one sign is for the end times? The last great revival, the early and the latter rain together. Amen. Hallelujah. We're not going out of here with a whimper. We're going out of here with a bang. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're going to take as many souls with us as we can. Hallelujah. I believe the numbers of people that will be saved in this next great wave will not be numbered in the millions, but in the billions. Now, that's where my faith is. I encourage you to join me in that. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The great thing about rabbit trails is sometimes you go down those trails and you catch some juicy rabbits. So, amen. Hallelujah. Anyway, getting back to the dream and the toolbox The details of the dream made it clear to me that the tools of prayer that we're going to study, they have to be balanced upon, derived from, and anchored in the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ, what he's already bought and paid for with his blood, what already belongs to us. Amen. We're not asking God to give us something that we don't already have. Amen. So when we pray and use these tools, we need to root and ground them in the finished work of the cross. Amen. Hallelujah. Here's some of the tools that the Lord showed me were in America's toolbox, but were going unused. Number one, binding and loosing. Number two, the prayer of agreement. Number three, the name of Jesus. Number four, the blood of Jesus. Number five, fasting and prayer. And number six, something I call spirit led prayer. Amen. And we're going through all of these one by one. And last week we finished up on binding and loosing this week we're going to zero in on the prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement is a very powerful tool because there is power in agreement. Amen? First of all, never underestimate the power of the prayers of just one person, okay? But I like to begin there and build a logical case for the prayer of agreement. So we're going to start with the power inherent in the prayers of one single individual, and we're going to build from there And illustrate in a scientific way, if you will bear with me, the power of agreement. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So don't underestimate the power of a fervent prayer prayed by just one man or just one woman. Elijah was a human being just like us, yet he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Furthermore, he not only prayed that prayer, but he also said It's not going to rain again until I say so. That's pretty bold. Amen. Glory to God. So let's talk about releasing power through fervent prayer. And I want to take a look at James 5, 16 in the King James Version. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen to it in the Amplified. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have, with feelings, affections, and a constitution like ours, and he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and no rain fell on the earth for three years and six months. Amen. I say again, never underestimate the power of a fervent prayer prayed by just one individual. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, the word there translated effectual fervent, is the Greek word energeo energeo and in the science world it's where we get our concepts of work energy and power from energeo it means to work or to put forth power amen praise the lord let's look at its use in another familiar passage remember when we we talked about the prayers of paul listen to the prayers of paul in ephesians chapter 1 and listen to that same word energeo as it's used in this passage. Verse 18, chapter one. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set apart ones. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated In the working of his mighty strength. That word there is energeo. Same word. Which he exerted or worked in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. And seated him at his own right hand. In the heavenly places. Amen. The word translated as exerted. In verse 20. Comes from that same word. Energeo. And it means to work or to put forth power. So you put all this together. And you realize that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, listen to this, is working or leveraging or putting forth the immeasurable and unlimited power in us that God used when He raised Christ from the dead. Amen? Let me say that again. You put all this together and you realize that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man is working or leveraging or putting forth the immeasurable and unlimited power in us that God used when he raised Christ from the dead. Amen. Hallelujah. The power of agreement. Okay, let's consider the logical extension of the effective or effectual fervent prayer of one individual to the effectual fervent prayer of two or more individuals. Everybody with me? We've established that there's tremendous power available in the fervent prayer of one individual, one believer. Now we're going to take it a step further and we're going to say how much power can be derived or put forth or worked if two or more believers are in agreement together. Amos three, three said, can two walk together except they be agreed? That's Amos three, three in the King James. In the new living translation, it goes like this. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Amos three, three in the message says, do two people walk hand in hand if they aren't going to the same place? Amen. Summon up the concept here. We could ask the question, can two walk together if they haven't agreed on the direction of their walk and the objective of their walk? Amen. In the same sense, we could ask the question about prayer. Can two pray together? If they haven't agreed on the direction of their prayer and the objective of their prayer, I think the obvious answer to that is no. But if you consider the opposite alternative and you find someone you can trust, someone that will agree with you on the purpose, the direction, the objective of your prayer, then there's tremendous power available in the prayer of agreement. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. How much power? Well, I'm going to say it like this. I'm going to put my science hat on. The power of agreement is exponential. I believe that a closer look at a key scripture concerning agreement reveals that the power of agreement is mathematically exponential and it's naturally exponential. That's an actual mathematical term. There's exponential functions and then there's natural exponential functions. We're going to talk about natural Exponential functions. I have in my hot little hand here a graph that I did a couple days ago. What I did is I took this scripture, Deuteronomy 32:30. How could one have chased a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight except their rock had sold them and the Lord had delivered them up? Okay, a little background is in order. Now, this was embedded in the last message that Moses gave to the Israelites before he left and climbed Mount Nebo to die at age 120. Now, just to let you know how fantastic that is, Mount Nebo is 12,000 feet high. So Moses climbed a 12,000-foot mountain when he was 120, and I'm telling you, he just laid down and went to sleep. He certainly wasn't suffering from old age if he did that at the age of 120. That's an aside, right? And so Moses tells them, If they're going to be successful when they invade the promised land and take that land from the enemy, they would have to cling tightly to the word of God. He said that over and over and over again. And he warned them. And he said, if you don't, then one of them is going to be able to chase you. One can chase a thousand and two can chase ten thousand. So this was directed against them prophetically. Now, let's turn it around and find out the corollary. The opposite of that is, but if you do cling to the word, if you do hold fast to the word of the Lord, if you do what I've called you to do, then with you, one will put a 1,000 to flight and two will put 10,000 to flight. Amen. So let's cling to the word of God and let's overcome hopeless odds. Hallelujah. Anybody ever been up against overwhelming odds and weren't sure how were you going to make it? This is how you make it. You say, the Lord has said, I am able to put a thousand to flight just by myself. if I get a buddy, we can put ten thousand to flight. We can defeat ten thousand to two odds. That's pretty good, amen. all right, so I took those two points: one can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand into an excel scatter plot. I'm trying to not to overwhelm you with uh with science and stuff so on the scatter plot, I put those two two points and then I fit a curve to that and you know as i suspected it was clearly exponential okay so i took those two points 1 1000 2 10000 and i plotted it exponentially okay i'm just going to read to you what i found out all right first of all 1 can put 1000 to flight 2 can put 10000 to flight 3 can put 100000 4 can put 1 million 5 can put 10 million 6 can put 100 million Seven can put a billion, eight can put 10 billion, nine can put 100 billion, and 10 can put 1 trillion to flight. Just 10 people in agreement. If you believe those data points from your Bible, and I believe those data points, amen? That's pretty amazing, okay? And then I moved it on out because I kind of realized that this, as all exponential curves do, they eventually. Rise towards infinity. OK, and so I sort of looked ahead and I went to 18 and I did one time 10 to the 20th and then I did 20 and it was one times 10 to the 22nd. So let me break that down in understandable terms. One time 10 to the 22nd, 20 people in agreement can put that many to flight. That's great, Brother Scott. But what does one time 10 to the 22nd mean? Well, I picked that number on purpose. OK, because it just happens to be the same number as the number of stars in the visible universe. OK. That number one time, 10 to the 22nd is 100 billion times 100 billion. So the Bible says if you can get 20 believers together that are truly in agreement and they pray in agreement, they can they can work the unlimited power of God and do mighty things beyond their wildest imaginations because there's tremendous power in that kind of agreement. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you getting a handle on that? Let me paint another picture for you. The visible universe, that's as far as we can see in every direction, and that's about 14 billion light years, okay? So a sphere of about 28 billion light years. All the stars inside that sphere that we can see and we can count. That's 100 billion times 100 billion. That's a lot of stars. I would say the Bible says that 20 people praying in agreement can overcome astronomical odds. Amen. Hallelujah. I've just showed it to you mathematically. Amen. Do you get a picture of the power that's available when people get together in agreement? You know, back there at the Tower of Babel. What was it God said about them when they started building that magnificent tower? He said, I better do something now because they are united as a people. Nothing will be restrained from them. They'll be able to do anything. God had to personally get in there chilly and mix up their languages because what they were trying to do was going to be magnificent for the purpose of worshiping the planets and the stars, not the God who made the planets and the stars. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of numb after that. (laughs) Wow. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So we're going to wrap it up with the words of Jesus. Matthew 18, verse 18 through 20 in the Amplified Classic. This is awesome. Truly, I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what is already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. And again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and everything they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. Let me stop right there. Anything and everything that they ask. If you ask an agreement, it'll be done for you. Amen. For wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers in into my name. There I am in the midst of them. Amen. Listen, when you pray the prayer of agreement with somebody who's believing with you. The Bible says God is standing right there in the midst with you. Amen. Why is he standing there with you? Because he's in agreement with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, it's interesting Because that word there, there I am in the midst of them, actually is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew word, which means the self-existent one. In fact, it's the same name that God told Moses to use when they asked him, who sent you to us? When he went to the Israelites, he was to tell them, I am sent me. The self-existent one sent me. So when you pray the prayer of agreement, I am is standing in your midst and he's in agreement with you. So long as it lines up with his word, he's in agreement with you. Amen. He's holding hands with you. He's agreeing with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I want to clarify something about this passage. Matthew 18 actually is being applied to church discipline. In Matthew 16, Jesus said, you've got authority. You can bind and loose to attack the kingdom of darkness. You have that authority. Here in Matthew 18, he says the same authority you use to attack the kingdom of darkness. You can employ when it comes to church discipline. Okay, or as the scripture says, whatever else you need to pray about. Amen. So here Jesus says prayer of agreement and binding and loosen is not just for the kingdom of darkness. It's for anything you need to ask the Lord to be granted unto you. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. So with everything we've learned, I want to wrap this up with a sample prayer of agreement that we can pray over America. I did this last week when we uh, wrapped up Binding and Loosing, and I'm going to read it because it's awesome, and I can't pray it out in public as well as I can read it. Amen? Hallelujah. So here's what the Lord gave me. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name, in agreement, concerning the destiny of of our great nation. We agree with the prayers of our forefathers who founded this nation on the principles of the Bible and the belief that America would be a Christian nation, first and foremost. We believe you raised us up to be a friend of Israel and to be a conveyor of the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. Yes, we declare that Jesus is the light of the world and that America is the conveyor of that light to the nations. Therefore, we intercede on behalf of our nation and declare that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. No physical weapon and no verbal weapon lies, half truths and misinformation shall not succeed against us, but shall fall to the ground unfulfilled and proven to be false. Father, we believe that you'll move mightily in our nation once again and that the people's hearts will turn away from sin and turn back toward righteousness. We thank you for another mighty wave of revival that's coming to our nation and believe for a harvest of souls not measured by millions, but by billions. We pray and agree because we believe it to be your will. Amen. If you're in agreement, say Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed part three of today's message titled Tools of Prayer for America. If you would like to learn more about Faith Life Fellowship, and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.